And uh, if you have your found your place, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, I'll ask you to stand, if you're able, to read the reverencing of the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'd like to preach this morning just for a little bit on earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. Lord, we love you and thank you, God, for this place and Again, your people and your presence and your power. Asking you, Lord, to help your preacher this morning. And God, move me out of the way. And Lord, hide me in the shadow of the cross and eclipse me in Calvary's blood. Lord, that they only see and hear from you. God, if they be one here yet not saved, I pray that today, Lord, they would come on this homecoming day. Lord, I'm not going to ask you, will you save them? Because I know you will. I just pray they would come and ask you, Lord. If your children have needs today, I know you're able uh, to supply our needs according to your riches and glory. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise in everything that's done. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Brother Joe said it best. The most valuable thing known to human man is the blood. Of Jesus Christ. All other things are but vanity. If you read about the holy city. And that place where we're going. Gold is just what the streets are made of. Only it's pure gold. Walls of jasper and gates of pearl. And all these things. Have been considered in our time as riches. But you know I've discovered this. The richest person is not the person that has the most. The richest person is the one that is content with that which he has. (laughs) If we would only come to that conclusion and and realize that that God's uh, uh, Holy Spirit that dwells in his believers is the greatest thing that we have in this world. But I'm reminded the Bible said that When the fullness of time had come, it pleased God to send His Son in the likeness of flesh, born of woman, yet without sin. That means Mary was a virgin. Now somebody said, why do you emphasize that? Because it must be that way. And we're living in a day where new books are coming out that take that word out and say she was a good girl or a young lady. She might have been, but she was more than that. The Bible said in Matthew 1 that Joseph being wakened in his sleep in the sense of a dream, the angel spake unto him and said, Take Mary to do be thy wife. And the Bible said he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save the people from their sins. So we see in this earthen vessels that Christ came into a body of flesh, but yet was without sin. And as I look at him, the description of Jesus and his rarity in his ability and in his birth. He's rare because he is God in flesh. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. He's God in flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And without Him there was nothing made that was made. He always has been. He always will be. There'll never be a time when He's not God. You know what that means to you and I that are born again? That means we're only going to live as long as He does. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Woo, preach on, preacher. What do you mean? Look up here. I cannot die. Now my body can and my body will if my allotted days comes before He returns. But I'm telling you, I cannot die. Before they get me picked up, cleaned up, clothed up, boxed up, flared up, showed up somewhere in a sanctuary, I'll be kicking up gold dust in the middle of glory. Yeah, man, how do you know that? Uh, the writer wrote in this uh, this book, uh, he said, For we know if the earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building eternal in the heavens, not made by hand. Therefore we do groan to be clothed with our heavenly body, for as we have borne the earthly image, we shall also bear the heavenly, that we might not be found naked before Him, but clothed in His righteousness. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. I'll say it again. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. A few of you got it. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So he's the design, he's rare. And then his usefulness, man, the miracles that he done. I don't have time this morning to get on all of those, but the miracles that he's done is the matter of fact that was that was not why he come. That's just the miracles took place just because of who he is. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 I just like to preach in hillbilly a lot of times and just say it where we can get right down to where the rubber meets the road, where we can understand it. Uh, the reason he done the miracles, he just couldn't help himself. He was, I say it was God oozing out of him. Why, listen, he come up on a funeral. Man, the, the funeral directors dreaded to see Jesus come to a funeral. Amen. Why, somebody said, because when he showed up, strange things happened. Huh? Remember that little girl, that little lady walking out of the city of Nain? She's already buried her husband, her sons, laying on a briar. The Bible calls it what we would consider a casket. Death is walking out of the city. But thank God, life is walking in. And the Bible said Jesus, seeing them, had compassion. Walked over and touched the briar. And that little boy sat up and said, Why, hello, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said, Now, preacher, the Bible don't say he. He sat up and said, hello, Jesus. Well, I know it don't. But I just got to say this. When God raises you from the dead, you'll know who he is. <laughs> Amen. That was just the miracles that he done. That's because of who he was and who he is. But that's not why he came. Then we see his duration. He's going to live forever. You remember when he stood on the other side of the grave? And said, I am he who was alive and dead, but I'm alive forevermore. I've got the keys of hell and of death. And as I live, ye shall live also. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm going to live forever. Amen. Then we see... That's his duration. And then we look at the usefulness of him and the rarity of him. And and here's, here's things about kings. Kings want things 
They call it unmeasured or unclaimed treasures. See, kings have most anything at their design or their desire. But there is some things that only comes through and by God. And the Bible said he hath made us kings and priests. For we were really in sense a treasure because we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. And then we fell in the garden when Adam sinned. Somebody said, I thought Eve sinned. Well, she did, but she was deceived. Adam done what he did with his eyes wide open. Huh? Hello? Amen. And and he sinned and, and sin was pronounced upon mankind. The Adamic nature of sin is the natural of this flesh to do wrong. But thank God for him, the Holy Ghost, who comes and dwells within us, who shall lead us in the righteous path and in the path of the true. And kings want these things. And then we see not only that, but we see the divine of man. The design of man is this. We are earthen. We are made of clay. Now we are all made of the same stuff. But yet we all have a little bit of difference in our personalities, in our disposition, in our looks. I I mean, ain't you glad everybody don't look like Preacher Todd? Preacher Mike? Some of you all ought not be laughing right there. And and we're all not the same because, see, if everybody was the same, this would be a boring world. And as we looked at this, and I thought about this, uh, of the earthen vessels, we are made of clay, made, but yet different. And then I began to think about that as I went back and I studied uh, when Jeremiah went down to the potter's house. See, he's called many different ones to do many different things because he said, I called some pastors, some preachers, some teachers, some evangelists, uh, all for the edifying of the church. So there's different works. And let me just go ahead and say this. Uh, One is not greater than the other. It's just as important to have your little toe as it is to have your right hand. Somebody said, well, what do you mean? Because you, you, you hurt that foot and see how, how long it takes to hurt your leg and, and, it, and you'll, you'll favor that and it'll begin to hurt everywhere. See, every member of the body is important this morning. Some folks have kind of thrown that out. They, they, they think they ought to be a, a maybe sit on a pedestal or something. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I come not to be served, but I come that I may be a servant. Man, and I just, I just got to say this. If the heavenly Father sent His darling Son to be a servant, and the King of kings and the Lord of lords became a servant, I don't believe there's no place for you and I to lift up ourselves or think that we are better than anyone else because we're all the same in the eyes of God. All capable of the same things. Oh, we'll look at folks and say, I, if I, I do this right, you don't know what you'll do. 
Can I get a witness? I, you don't know what you'll do, how you'll handle situations. It's easy to look at somebody else and say, smile, it's going to get better. Well, bless God, if that's all you had to do, they'd have smiled months ago. Somebody has got plenty of finances. Look at somebody that's struggling and say, cheer up. Uh, it'll get better. Well, sure, it'll get better. Why don't you give them some money? Say amen right there. Oh, God will take care. Yeah, I believe God will take care of you. Do you know why he does that? He does that through his people. Woo, hallelujah. So you see, we're all the same. And the fact of the matter is, we all have the same needs. We all need salvation. Now, now let let me go ahead and say, in this last days, we are seeing so many things that are unnatural happening in our land. Not natural. It's not creation. It's not natural for a lady to have carried a child, birth that child, and throw it in a dumpster. That's not natural. It's not natural for a man to want to be with a man and a woman to want to be with a woman. It's not natural according to the... Somebody said, now wait a minute, preacher. They've got rights too. Yes, I agree. They do have rights. They have the right to repent. They have the right to change. They have the right to reform. And they have the right to do what everybody else needs to do. For we're all in sin and come short of the glory of God. There's none right to No, not one. We're all earthen vessels. And then we see the design of man. This may be crude, but I've never seen a doctor come out of the delivery room holding up a baby and said, Bless God, here you are, blessed with a homosexual. (laughs) It's a boy or a girl. Amen. Amen. They cannot determine, but every person determines their own lives and what they choose to do or be. And you know, here, here's the sadness. Somebody says, man, you're tough. I'm not, I'm just being honest about it. Practically, there's not uh, any families I know that aren't dealing with these things. I mean, all of this. And again, let me tell you, that's no worse than anything else. I mean, we look at that, but adultery and all these other things, it's still sin in the Scripture. Oh, it's getting a little quiet, but that's okay. I'm here all week. Amen. But see, what I'm saying is, we look at some things, and I I know I've read the book, okay? I I know there are some things a person can do that brings more harm to their flesh than other things. But in God's eyes, sin is sin. And see, here's what happens. This earthen vessel, I, I studied some in, 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 on, on the pottery being formed and that vessel being made. And when the, when the master is making the vessel, he, he, when he begins, now I'm talking about a natural person here. When the potterer begins to make that vessel, he has no control of what the color will be, what it will actually will look like, only the fire determines that. Uh, that's right. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead. Preach it. Go 
it determined, and, and, and it, there's different things. Where he got the clay, the, the particles in the clay, or the chemicals in the clay. But a, a, a person that does that for a living, or does it constantly, becomes to a place when they can look at a piece, and they know that there's something different about it. And as they take their hands and take the water and put it... And notice this. He always keeps it in the center of the wheel. (laughs) That's important. If it's in the center of the wheel, he is actually forming the complete vessel altogether. Dear Jesus. And then... As he looks at that vessel and he realizes it's of a rarity. Here's what he does. Before he puts it in the fire, he will turn that vessel up. And he will mark on that vessel one of one. What that means is this. There is no other one like this one. And then he'll even put his signature on it. When God brings us to an altar or the wheel of confession, if you please, and he begins to form us, he knows that we are of the same, but yet we are of rarity and different, and he has marked us one of one. That means there's no one else like you. There's no one else like me. There's no one else like Joe. There's no one else like preacher Tom. What he's saying is this. Don't try to be like somebody else. Just be who God made you to be. Woo, hallelujah. I'm feeling better about this thing. I see people waste their lives trying to be someone else or do like someone else. And what they do, they fail to receive the greatness that God has for them in their lives. So many people looking forward into the future that they fail to receive the blessing that God has for them today. Now there's something about earthen vessels and pottery especially. Pottery can get stress fractures. (laughs) Or pottery can be cracked. It can actually even be broken. But they had discovered in the 1900s, they discovered a, a great thing. Before then, if, if a vessel got a stress fracture, now here's, here's what a stress fracture it means. That vessel, you can pour water in it and it will hold it for a moment. But it seeps out in such a so, slow pace that nobody really pays attention until it's empty. And look up here. I ain't hard to find. I don't care who you are. You're going to get some stress fractures. In your life. Now it's different. Some things get cracked. That means you just pour it in and it just comes out. I mean, you continually have to pour in that thing because it's cracked. It can't hold nothing. 
And then there's those that have been broken. Now before they discovered this great amazing miracle, I call it, if you received a stress fracture or a crack or were broken, you were discarded and thrown away because there was nothing they could do to take care of that vessel. It was considered, therefore, useless. Come on, preacher. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear come on. Lord. But they discovered in Europe that they could take pottery if it had a stress fracture or cracked or even broken. They could put that back and they could take lamb's blood. Only lamb, no other animal, only lamb's blood. And they could paint it on the fracture or the crack or where they had pieced it back together. And you're about to get it. And once they had applied the blood, they would put it in the fire. And an amazing thing happened in the fire. The chemicals and the antibodies in the blood of the lamb under heat would cause the cracks to reseal. (laughs) Therefore, that vessel which at one point had been deemed useless had now been renewed and repaired and redone and could now bring glory to the one who had formed it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Somebody said, well, how did they know when the vessel had been sealed? It's amazing. Once the cracks had been sealed, there was something would take place. Therefore, when the cracks were sealed, that which the vessel held within itself would now be filled with the heat. And there was no other way for it to escape but to come out where it went in. And what happened, (laughs) whoo, glory to God. What happened when that took place is this. That heat would enter in to the vessel's opening and into that which it held. And as it exited, passing back and forth, they called it this. They said the vessel would sing. Amen. Come on, What do you mean? The vessel would sing. When there was no more cracks, when everything was made perfect, if you will, or repaired, bless God, that vessel would begin to make a singing sound. And they knew it was time to bring it out. And then... 
Here was what would happen. They would take that vessel and they would put it on display in order to show what once was, but what now now is. Dear Lord in heaven. Man, I'm about to bless myself with my own preaching. What are you talking about? The desire of God. We see the design of Jesus. We see the design of man. But we see the desire of God. The desire of God is to find these vessels, it's to fill these vessels, it's to fix these vessels, and then it's to flow through these vessels. What are you saying? I'm saying when God fixes you up, He said, I'll put a song in your heart, even a song of praise. I'm glad you are looking at something that what it ain't yet gonna be, because He's working on me, and one day He'll put me on display. And say, look what was. But look what is. Because here's what the writer said. I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep. That you sorrow not as others who have no hope. For if we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, even also them who are asleep in Christ, will God bring with him. Now I ain't the shopper's knife in the drawer. But I just got to figure this out. If God going to bring something with him, that means he already got it. So what's that mean? That means we followed that lonely trail out there to that piece of resurrection ground. Yes, sir. I, I, I don't bury people. I plant them. Because <laughs> you, you bury something, you ain't expecting it to come back. You plant something, you expected it to sprout and live again. Mm, dear Lord. And bless God, we just took the earthen vessel out there. And bless the Lord, one day God's going to perfect that vessel. Mm. Oh, yes. What do you know? John said in the short epistles, Beloved, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons or children of God. And although it doth not yet appear what we shall be, we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Bless His holy name. I'm glad I'm going to go from an earthen vessel to a glorified body. And there He'll present me before His Father and you. And say, here they are, Dad. Here's my bride. So sometimes, at the best you can do, the best you can live, you may get a stress fracture. You may even get cracked. Well, no, let me just put it like it is. You're going to get, you're going to, it's going to happen. See here, you're all going to find this hard to believe right here. But everybody don't like me. See, I told you you wouldn't, but they don't. It's nothing really personal. But see, I, I believe the book means what it says. And I believe the book says what it means. But I also believe you don't have to be mean in delivering it. Is that okay? Is that okay? I, I've seen some guys, I'm telling you, they, they just feel like God give them a club and just want to, beat on everybody now I, again I've, I've read the book and here, here, here's a, my assumption of that I know sheep sometimes have to be sheared now I'm not a sheep shearer anymore I'm an evangelist I'm here to build you up fatten you up so the preacher can shear you down that's how it works 
But let me say this. You shear a sheep maybe once a year. You have to feed them every week. Amen. That's it. That's it. So therefore, you know, and, and some people now, if they're living, if they're sinning and doing wrong, you don't have to say much to just, they think you're mean. In other words, you ought to live right. Some people think when you tell them you ought to live right, they think you mean. No, you ain't mean. You just mean what you mean. <laughs> well, you say, let me preach it in hillbilly church. Let me tell you what that means in the Hebrew and in the Greek. That means if you're sinning, quit it. <laughs> That's pretty good Hebrew and Greek right there, ain't it, huh? He didn't give us a license to do those things. And I believe if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you'll want to do your very best to be like him. And when we falter and when we fail, the Holy Spirit will grieve us. And if it doesn't, my friend, if you can just do what you want to, when you want to, anytime you want to, and it doesn't bother you, let me just say this in a kind way, you've got a problem. And you need to come and allow the blood of Christ and allow him to put you in the fire and fix you up to where you can again sing a song of praise. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of God may be of him and not of us. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. As they had come to make a verse of invitation, whatever they choose to do. Could I ask you this morning? I'm not going to come to where you are. I have no intentions of embarrassing you in any way. But I am concerned this morning about each person in this sanctuary. And I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that's not yet saved. Not yet saved. But you don't want to die in your sins and be lost. Now this won't save you. I'm not saying it will, but I'd like to ask you to do this. Would you just quietly slip up your hand, take it right back down. You'll be saying by that, preacher, I'm not saved. I don't want to die and go to hell. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere would do that much? Quickly. How about it? Just slip it up and say, pray for me. God bless you. I see that. Thank you. God bless you. I see that, ma'am. Thank you. Another. God bless you. I see that. Thank you, young lady. Another. Maybe there's some here this morning that you've been saved, but you know you're not living where you should be, like you ought to be, or maybe where you even once was. Can I promise you this morning, God's not mad at you. God loves you, and He cares for you. Would you be honest and slip up your hand and say, Preacher, that's my condition. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? God bless you. I see that. Thank you, man. Someone else? Another? Another? Last question, and we're going to sing. You're here this morning. You're saved. You know you're saved. That's not the issue. But life itself has dealt you a trial or a test. Maybe you're going through a trouble. A time of testing. 
And this morning you, you came to the house of God and you could sure use heaven's help. Would you slip up your hands and say, pray for me. God bless these hands. God bless these hands. Now here's what I want to do. I want you to look this way right now. Everybody look this way. Hands went up on every question that I ask. The Bible says that the excellency may be of God and not of man. I have done all that I can do. And my commission is to deliver you the gospel. Now, now I'm going to just get out of the way. And now this issue is between you and him. Whatever it is you need, let me, let me just say this. Let me say this. I've, I, I know how the devil works. Let, let's get this over here, the first service of this meeting. The devil will tell you, if you go up there and pray, somebody's going to think you've done something. Well, let me, go ahead and, let me go ahead and just tell you about people. Here's the, here's the truth. If you have done something, you ought to get up here and pray because they've been talking about it ever since you've done it. <laughs> you ain't kidding nobody. Who do we think? I and mean, we ain't hiding nothing from nobody. Not even, especially God. And I'd rather know this morning where I'm standing that all things are well between me and Him than any, I don't care what people think. I want them to think good, but I can't control people's thinking. But I can control my position with him. And I aim to do that. Father right now. In the name of you and Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Do your work. God I may pray that people would come. Those that are lost would come. They don't have to leave here lost. Those that are wayward. They don't have to leave here that way. Your children have needs. And I know you'll supply them. But Lord sometimes. You just want to be invited. I pray they'll come. And let you do that which only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. No more plotting. No more priding. No more pleading. It's between you and Him. My advice, come. Come. Come on, honey. God will save you if you'll come. Come on. Tell Him you want out. Come on. Sir. Sir. Ma'am. Whatever your need is. It doesn't matter. Come on. (laughs) Come on. And I. Oh yes. Over. Come on. Yes, to His likeness. Would you come? Would you come? Come on earth. I am today. All because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. Yeah, Lord. Would you come, sir? Would you come, ma'am? He's calling.
He's calling. Picks up. Some music. If you, if you be seated just for a moment, I'm 